0: Chapter 5 of In the Footprints of the Padres by Charles Warren Stoddard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 5 in a Californian Bungalow. It was reception night at the Palace Hotel. As usual, the floating population of San Francisco had drifted into the huge court of that luxurious caravansary and was ebbing and eddying among the multitudes of white and shining columns that support the six galleries under the crystal roof the band revelled in the last popular waltz the hum of the spectators was hushed but among the galleries might be seen pairs of adolescent youths and maidens swaying to the rhythmical melody we were taking wine and cigarettes with the colonel he was always at home to us on monday nights and even our boisterous chat was suspended while the blustering trumpeters in the court below blew out their delirious music it was at this moment that bartholomew beckoned me to follow him from the apartment we quietly repaired to the gallery among the huge vases of palms and creepers and there bluntly and without a moment's warning the dear fellow blurted out this startling revelation i have made an engagement for you be ready on thursday next at four p m meet me here all arrangements are effected say not a word but come and i promise you one of the jolliest experiences of the season all this was delivered in a high voice to the accompaniment of drums and cymbals he concluded with the last flourish of the bandmaster's baton and the applause of the public followed certainly dramatic effect could go no further i was more than half persuaded and yet when the applause had ceased the dancers unwound themselves and the low rumble of a thousand restless feet rang on the marble pavement below i found a voice sufficient to ask the all-important question but what is the nature of this engagement to which he answered oh we're going down the coast for a few days you and i and Alf and croesus a charming bungalow by the sea capital bathing shooting fishing nice quiet time generally back monday morning in season for biz this was certainly satisfactory as far as it went but i added by weight of parenthesis and who else will be present knowing well enough that one uncongenial spirit might be the undoing of us all to this Bartholomew responded no one but ourselves old fellow now don't be queer. He knew well enough my aversion to certain elements unavoidable even in the best society and how I kept very much to myself except on Monday nights when we all smoked and laughed with the colonel whose uncommonly charming wife was abroad for the summer and on Tuesday and Saturday nights when I was at the club and on Wednesdays when I did the theatricals of the town and on thursdays and fridays uh, but never mind girls were out of the question in my case and he knew that the bachelor hall where i preside was as difficult of access as a cloister i might not have given my word without further deliberation had not the impetuous colonel seized us bodily and borne us back into a smoking-room where he was about to shatter the wax on a flagon of wine a brand of fabulous age and excellence bartholomew nodded to alf alf passed the good news to croesus for we were all at the colonel's by common consent and so it happened that the compact was made for thursday that thursday at four p m we were on our way to the station at four thirty the townhouses were growing few and far between as the wheels of the coaches spun over the iron road at five o'clock the green fields of the departed spring, already grown bare and brown, rolled up between us and the horizon. California is a naked land, and no mistake, but how beautiful in her nakedness. An hour later we descended at schoolhouse station. Such is the matter-of-fact pet name given to a cluster of dull houses once known by some melodious but forgotten Spanish appellation the ranch wagon awaited us a huge springless affair or if it had springs they were of that aggravating stiffness that adds insult to injury excellent beast dragged us along a winding dusty road over hill down dale into a land that grew more and more lonely not exactly a land where it was always afternoon but apparently always a little later in the day say seven p m or thereabouts We were rapidly wending our way towards the coast, and on the breezy hilltop a white fold of sea-fog swept over us and swathed us in its impalpable snow. Oh, the chill, the rapturous agony of that chill. Do you know what sea-fog is? It is the bodily, spiritual, and temporal life of California. It is the immaculate mantle of the unclad coast. It feeds the hungry soil, gives drink unto the thirsting corn, and clothes the nakedness of nature. It is the ghost of unshed showers, atomized dew precipitated in life-bestowing avalanches upon a dewless and parched shore. It is the good angel that stands between a careless people and contagion. It is heaven-sent nourishment. It makes strong the weak, makes wise the foolish, you don't go out a second time in midsummer without your wraps, and it is altogether the freshest, purest, sweetest, most picturesque, and most precious element in the physical geography of the Pacific Slope. It is worth more to California than all her gold and silver and copper, than all her corn and wine. In short, it is simply indispensable. This is the fog that dashed under our hubs like noiseless surf, filled up the valleys in our lee shut the sea-view out entirely and finally left us on a mountain-top our last ascension thank heaven with nothing but clouds below us and about us and we sky-high and drenched to the very bone the fog broke suddenly and rolled away wrapped in pale and splendid mystery it broke for us as we were upon the edge of a bluff for some moments we had been listening to the ever-recurring sob of the sea there at our feet curled the huge breakers shouldering the cliff as if they would hurl it from its foundation a little further on in the gloaming was the last hill of all from its smooth short summit we could look into the delectable land by candlelight and mark how invitingly stands a bungalow by the sea's margin at the close of a dusty day On the summit we paused. Certain unregistered packages under the wagon, which had preyed at intervals upon the minds of Alf, Croesus, and Bartholomew, were now drawn forth. Life is a series of surprises. Surprise number one, a brace of long tapering javelins having villainous looking heads, i.e. two marine rockets, with which to rend the heavens, and notify the vassals at the bungalow of our approach one of these rockets we planted with such care that having touched it off it could not free itself but stood stock-still and with vicious fury blew off in a cloud of dazzling sparks the dry grass flamed in a circle about us never before had we fought fire with wildly waving ulsters but they prove excellent weapons in engagements of this character i assure you profiting by fatiguing experience we poised the second rocket so deftly that it could not fail to rise on it we hung our hopes light enough burdens if they were all as faint as mine with the spurt of a match we touched it a stream of flaky gold rushed forth and then as if waiting to gather strength biff and away she went never before soared rocket so beautifully it raked the very stars its awful voice died out in the dim distance with infinite grace it waved its trail of fire and then spat forth such constellations of variegated stars you would have thought a rainbow had burst into a million fragments that shamed the very planets and made us think mighty well of ourselves and our achievement there was still a long dark mile between us and the bungalow on this mile were strung a formidable stream a ragged village of italian gardeners some monstrous-looking haystacks and troops of dogs that mouthed horribly as we ploughed through the velvety dust the bungalow at last at the top of an avenue of trees and such a bungalow a peaked roof that sheltered everything even the deepest verandas imaginable the rooms few but large and airy everything wide open and one glorious blaze of light a table spread with the luxuries of the season which in california means four seasons massed in one flowers on all sides among these flowers japanese lanterns of inconceivable forms and colors these hung two or three deep without within above below nothing but light and fragrance and mirth and song we were howling a chorus as we drove up and we were received with a musical welcome bubbling over with laughter from the lips of three pretty girls dressed in white and pink probably the whitest and pinkest girls in all california and this was surprise number two perfect strangers to me were these young ladies but like most confirmed bachelors i rather like being with the adorable sex when i find myself translated as if by magic we were formed of the dust of the earth, there was no denying the fact, and we speedily withdrew. But before our dinner toilettes were completed, such a collection of appetizers was sent in to us as must distinguish forever the charming hostess who concocted them. I need not recall the dinner. Have you ever observed that there is no real pleasure in reviving the memory of something good to eat? Suffice it to state that the dinner was such a one as was most likely to be laid for us under the special supervision of three blooming maidens who had come hither four-and-twenty hours in advance of us for this special purpose that night we played for moderate stakes until the hours were too small to be mentioned i forget who won but it was probably the girls who were as clever at cards as they were at everything else we ultimately retired for the angel of sleep visits even a californian bungalow though his hours are a trifle irregular our rooms two large chambers with folding doors thrown back making the two as one contained four double beds in one of the rooms was a small altar upon which stood a statue of the madonna veiled in ample folds of lace and crowned with a coronet of natural flowers vases of flowers were at her feet and lighted tapers flickered on either hand the apartment occupied by the young ladies was at the other corner of the bungalow the servants a good old couple retainers in alpha's family slept in a cottage adjoining we retired manfully we had smoked our last smoke and were not a little fatigued hence this readiness on our part to lay down the burden and cares of the day when the lights were extinguished the moon streaming in at the seaward windows flooded the long rooms it was a glorious night no sound disturbs its exquisite serenity save the subdued murmur of the waves softened by an intervening hillock on which the cypress trees stood like black and solemn sentinels of the night I think I must have dozed, for it first seemed like a dream the crouching figures that stole in Indian file along the carpet from bed to bed. But soon enough I wakened to a reality, for the Philistines were upon us, and the pillows fell like aerolites out of space. The air was dense with flying bedclothes. The assailants, Bartholomew and Alf, his right hand man, fell upon us with schoolboy fury. They made mad leaps and landed upon our stomachs. We grappled in deadly combat. Not an article of furniture was left unturned. Not one mattress remained upon another. We made night hideous for some moments. We roused the ladies from their virgin sleep, but paid a little heed to their piteous pleadings. The treaty of peace, which followed none too soon, the pillowcases were like fringes and the sheets were linen shreds, culminated in a round of nightcaps which for potency and flavour have perhaps never been equalled in the history of the vine then we did sleep the sleep of the just who have earned their right to it the sleep of the horny-handed son of the soil whose muscles relax with a jerk that awakens the sleeper to a realising sense that he has been sleeping and is going to sleep again at his earliest convenience the sweet intense and gracious sleep of innocence out of which we were awakened just before breakfast-time by the most considerate of hostesses and her ladies of honour who sent in to us the reviving cup without which i fear we could not have begun the new day in a spirit appropriate to the occasion the first day at the bungalow was friday and of course a fast day we observed the rule with a willingness which I trust the recording angel made a note of. There was a bath at the beach toward midday, followed by a cold collation in the shelter of a rude chalet, which served the ladies in the absence of the customary bathing machine. Lying upon rugs spread over the sand, we chatted until a drowsy mood persuaded us to return to the bungalow and indulge in a siesta it being summer and a california summer by the sea a huge log fire blazed upon the evening hearth cards and the jingle of golden counters again kept us at the table till the night was far spent need i add that the ladies presented a petition with the customary nightcap praying that the gentlemen in the double chamber would omit the midnight gymnastics upon retiring and go to sleep like good boys it had been our intention to do so we were not wholly restored for the festivities of the night previous had been prolonged and fatiguing we began our preparations by wheeling the four bedsteads into one room it seemed to us cozier to be sleeping thus together indeed it was quite a distance from the extremity of one room to the extremity of the other resigning ourselves to the pillows each desired his neighbour to extinguish the lights no one moved to perform this necessary duty we slept or pretended to sleep and for some moments the bungalow was quiet as the grave in the midst of this refreshing silence a panic seized us with one accord we sprang to arms the pillows stripped of their cases on the night previous again darkened the air we leaped gaily from bed to bed and in turn took every corner of the room by storm the shout of victory mingled with the cry for mercy there was one solitary voice for peace it was the voice of the vexed hostess and it was followed by the suspension of hostilities and the instant quenching of the four tapers each blown by an individual mouth after which we groped back to our several couches in a state of charming uncertainty as to which was which saturday followed and of all saturdays in the year it chanced to be the vigil of a feast and therefore a day of abstinence the ladies held the key of the larder and held it permit me to add with a clenched hand it may be that all boys are not like our boys that there are those who having ceased to elongate and increase in the extremities out of all proportion are willing to fast from day to day who no longer lust after the flesh-pots and whose appetites are governable but ours were not the accustomed fish of a friday was welcome but saturday was out of the question something too much of this said croesus the sybarite amen cried the affable Alf. there was an unwonted fire in the eye of bartholomew when he asked for a dispensation at the hands of the hostess and was refused all day the maidens sought to lighten our burden of gloom the sports in the bath were more brilliant than usual we adjourned to the hayloft and told stories till our very tongues were tired it is true that eggnog at intervals consoled us but when we had awakened from a refreshing sleep among the hay and fought a battle that ended in victory for the amazons and our ignominious flight we bore the scars of burr and hayseed for hours afterwards cold turkey and cranberry sauce at midnight had been promised to us yet how very distant that seemed hunger cried loudly for beef and bouillon and a strategic movement was planned upon the spot the gaming which followed a slim supper was not so interesting as usual at intervals we consulted the clock how the hours lagged croesus poured his gold upon the table in utter distraction the maidens who sat in sackcloth and ashes sorrowing for our sins left the room at intervals to assure themselves that the larder was intact we also quietly withdrew from time to time once all three of the girls fled in consternation the footsteps of bartholomew had been heard in the vicinity of the cupboard but it was a false alarm and the game was at once resumed now indeed the hours seemed to fly to our surprise upon referring to the clock the hands stood at ten minutes to twelve so swiftly speed the moments when the light hearts of youth beat joyously in the knowledge that it is almost time to eat twelve o'clock cold turkey cranberry sauce champagne etc and no more fasting till the sixth day having devastated the board we must needs betray our folly by comparing the several timepieces alf stood at five minutes to eleven bartholomew some minutes behind him croesus with his infallible repeater was at ten forty five as for me i had discreetly run down the secret was out the clock had been tampered with and the trusting maids betrayed at first they laughed with us then they sneered and then they grew wroth and went apart in deep dismay the dining hall resounded with our hollow mirth. Like the scriptural fool, we were laughing at our own folly. The ladies solemnly re-entered. Our hostess, the spokeswoman, said with the voice of an oracle, You will regret this before morning. Still feigning to be merry, we went speedily to bed. But there was no nightcap sent to soothe us, and the lights went out noiselessly and simultaneously after the heavy and regular breathing had set in i think all slept save myself light footsteps were heard without why should one turn a key in a bungalow whose hospitality is only limited by the boundary line of the county surveyor our keys were not turned in fact too late we discovered there were no keys to turn in the dim darkness the moon lent us little aid at the moment our door was softly thrown open and the splash of fountains could be heard it was the sound of many waters as i listened to it in a half dream it fell upon my ear most musically and then it fell upon my nose and eyes and mouth it seemed as if the windows of heaven were opened as if the dreadful deluge had come again i soon discovered what it was i threw the damp bedclothes over my head and awaited further developments i began to think they never would come i mean the developments meanwhile the garden hose in the hands of the irate maidens played briskly upon the four quarters of the room not a bed escaped the furious stream nothing was left that was not saturated and soaked sponge full the floor ran torrents our boots floated away upon the mimic tide we lay like inundated mummies but spake never a word possibly the girls thought we were drowned at all events they withdrew in consternation leaving the hose so that it still belched its unwelcome waters into the very centre of our drenched apartment rising at last from our clammy shrouds we gave chase but the water nymphs had fled then we barricaded the bungalow and held a council of war sitting in moist conclave we were again assailed and driven back to our rooms which might now be likened to a swimming bath at low tide we shrieked for stimulants but were stoutly denied and then we took to the woods in a fit of indignation bordering closely upon a state of nature i thought to bury myself in the trackless wild to end my days in the depths of the primeval forest but i remembered how a tiger-cat had been lately seen emerging from these otherwise alluring haunts and returned at once to the open where i glistened in the moonlight now radiant and shivered at the thought of the possible snakes coiling about my feet my disgust of life was full yet in the midst of it i saw the reviving flames dancing upon the hearthstone and the click of glasses recalled me to my senses we returned in a body a defeated brotherhood accepting as a peace-offering such life-giving draughts as compelled us almost against our will to drink to the very dregs in token of full surrender then rheumatism and i lay down together and a little child might have played with any two of us i assured my miserable companions that i was not accustomed to such treatment alf added that it was more than he had bargained for bartholomew had neither speech nor language wherewith to vent his spleen as for the bland and blooming creases he who had been lapped in luxury and cradled in delight it was his private opinion publicly expressed that the like of it was unknown in the annals of social history yet on the sunday our final day at the bungalow you would have thought that the gods had assembled together to hold sweet converse and when we lounged in the shadow of the invisible ida never looked the earth more fair to us the whole land was in blossom from the summit to the sea the gardeners as they walked among their vines prated of sicily and sang songs of their sunland there was no chapel at hand and no mass for the repose of souls that had been sorely troubled but the charm of those young women they were salving our wounds as women know how to do and the voluptuous feast that was laid for us when we emptied the fatal larder the music and the thousand arts employed to restore beauty and order out of the last night's chaos made us better than new men and it taught us a lesson we never shall forget though from that hour to this neither one nor the other of us in any way shape or fashion whatever has referred in the remotest degree to that eventful night in a californian bungalow chapter five